Welcome to Passion Church. For more information about Passion Church, please visit us online at www.passionchurch.tv. Now let's join the service already in progress. So funny. How many of you feel like you're going through life? Sometimes you're going, oh, oh, oh. There's there these score, these corkscrew turns. There's these uh, neck snapping changes of directions. There's these lunch losing lurches. I mean, I've got some videos I can't even show y'all because my mom attends here, and if I showed you, she wouldn't be able to eat lunch for a month because there's some interesting ones out there. But for many of us, uh, our our life feels like a roller coaster. It's up and down. And, and, and so we've been talking about the fact that Jesus shows up in the middle of that kind of existence, that kind of life. And he makes this promise that I have said to you, I think perhaps, we don't, we don't always put it there, but I think perhaps that the promise that Jesus has made us is one of his greatest promises, maybe so great that it's only second to salvation. Because Jesus said in John chapter 15, 11, he says, These things have I spoken unto you, that my joy might remain in you, and that your joy might be full. That, 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 that you might be so full of joy that life, even with its up and downs, still you're full of joy, that it might remain in you. And I think that that could perhaps be one of his greatest promises. Because life sometimes is up and down and in and out. And it's, it's hair-raising, well, for some of us, some. Um, uh, never mind, that's a different story. Uh, Jesus says, look, I've said these things so that you might have my joy in you and that my joy in you will be full. And, and, I, and, and let's back up. Week one, I said that you've got to back up and figure out what he said. He said that for my joy to be full in you, that in verses 1 through 10, he tells us that the first thing you've got to do to be full of joy is to embrace and allow God to prune you. You can never be full of joy until you come to this place where you recognize that the Father loves you so much that he will literally cut things and cut people out of your life because he understands that those people are keeping you from being full of joy. See, some of you got some joy killers in your life, and you can't have fullness of joy because every time God tries to step in and prune them out of your life, you grab them back and bring them back in. And I've told you, some of you just need to get on your Facebook and delete some folks because they're raining all over your parade, and they're killing your joy. And Jesus said, if you want fullness of joy, you got to be willing to allow me to prune you. And so some of you need to allow him to do that. He says not only that, if you're going to be full of joy, then you've got to become rooted in my Father. And then he tells us how we know. You know whether you're rooted or not by whether or not he says that his words are at home in you. In other words, he's saying this, if you don't have any word in your life, you can't have a joy-filled life. Because if there's no joy, no word, there's no joy. If there's little word, there's little joy. If there's much word, there's much joy. Because we live off of every word that comes out of his mouth. And many of you, only the only word you get all week is the word you get in here. And then you wonder why Wednesday rolls around and you got no joy because you got no word. He says, you will find fullness of joy when you become rooted in my word. And then he says, not only do you have to become rooted in his word, the other way you know whether you're rooted in the Father is whether you begin to obey his commands. And we know that logically. 
How many of you know that those of us that are parents recognize that obedience is a key component to joy? Because when my kids don't obey me, I'm a good parent. Now, some kids get away with it, but I'm a good parent. So when my kids disobey me, they don't get away with it, and their life is not filled with joy. They walk with a limp, if you understand what I'm saying. We understand that in the natural, but we don't understand it in the supernatural. We've got to recognize that, that if we love him and we're going to be rooted in him, that we have to obey him. Because, see, some of y'all talk to me. And you tell me how, how certain things are going on in your life. And you're saying, I don't have any joy. I don't have any strength. And we start digging. And we can trace it all back that you're not obeying. And you're asking God to bless you in a condition of disobedience. And God cannot bless you if he's supposed to curse you. Y'all ain't even helped me now. He won't, he's not a man that should, he should lie. He will do what he says he will do. And if we learn to obey him, we become rooted in him. Then last week we talked about the fact that, that Jesus uh, has a performance-enhancing deposit, a PED. Jesus has a performance-enhancing deposit called joy. I read to you out of Nehemiah where Ezra steps up to the mic. There wasn't a mic, but he steps up and he says that the joy of the Lord is our strength. And I submitted to you that I'm concerned that many of us underestimate the importance of joy. We think joy is about feeling good. We think joy is about goosebumps. We think joy is about plastering plastic smiles on our face, and that's joy. But Ezra recognized that there's a more important element of joy, and that is the joy of the Lord is our strength. Our strength level is determined by our joy level. If you don't have any joy, you won't have any strength. I'm preaching right now. If you don't have any joy, you won't have any strength. And so then we went into Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2, and I read to you how the Bible says that Jesus endured the cross, and he, he, wouldn't, he wouldn't take concern for the shame. He, he wasn't worried about the pain of it. Why? For the joy that was set before him. And so I said to you a statement that you've got to get into your spirit, and that is this. If Jesus' joy enabled him to face death, then surely his joy, there's the key part, his joy in you enables and it empowers you to face life. I know some of you got it bad. I know some of you have had a rough week. But if you've got Jesus' joy down in you, if you know the Lord of joy, then the joy of the Lord is residing in you right now. And it is a performance-enhancing deposit. It enables you, if it can enable and empower him to face the worst death devised by man, then surely you can make it through what you're going. Come on, touch your neighbor and say, you can make it, you can make it. Come on, tell him, you can make it. Because it's not your joy. It's his joy in you that makes the difference. So let's move forward. Um, question. I wonder how many of you in this room know the three most important rules in real estate. Anybody know? Location, location, location. Those are the three most important rules in real estate. Well, what do you mean, Steve? Well, I mean, if you've got a little 1,000-square-foot house located at 63rd and Rockwell on the corner, 1,000 uh, square feet in Oklahoma City, you might be able to sell it for $60,000, $70,000 if you're lucky. You pick up that same 1,000-square-foot house and you move it all the way and set it right on the beach in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. How many of you recognize that that $70,000 house now becomes a $370,000 house? Nothing changed. You still need to change the carpet. You still need to clean the toilet. You still, y'all apparently don't live in some of the houses I've lived in. Uh, uh, but nothing's changed except what? Location. 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 Okay, let me see if I can help you this morning. See, when we talk about joy, 
location is extremely important. Let me, let me see if I can explain. Join me in Psalm chapter 16, verse 11. You know this passage of Scripture. Some of you can quote part of it, but I, I want to draw your attention because I don't think we understand. Psalm chapter 16, verse 11 says this. You will show me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. And at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. I'm going to read it again. You will show me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. And at your right hand are pleasures for One more time just to make sure because it's location, location, location. You will show me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. And at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. The psalmist apparently understood and had a revelation of this fact that when we are in the pursuit of joy, location is everything. The psalmist is adamant. He, he's certain that the only place to find fullness of joy is in one place. The only place that you can find fullness of joy is in His presence. See, I bring that to your attention because I'm convinced that so often what we do is we confuse condition and location. Say that one more time. I, I think our issue this morning, many of us, is that we have this tendency to confuse condition with location. And what we fail to understand is that if all we ever do is pursue condition, we will never realize that if we would pursue location, our condition doesn't matter. We think joy is a condition, and we think it exists in a number of locations. And I want to deal with those misconceptions this morning. I want to deal with condition. I want to tell you this morning that happiness is a product of condition. And joy is a product of location. In fact, I would say to you this morning that if you need a definition, a lot of times we want to talk about the difference between happiness and, and joy. And what I would say to you this morning is that I just gave you in its most simple form the most profound definition of happiness versus joy that you will ever get because happiness is a direct product of your condition, but joy is a direct product of your location. See, happiness is defined by the condition of your life. If your condition changes, your happiness changes. But joy has nothing to do with your condition. Joy has everything to do with location. In fact, happiness is a word that is made up of two words, which literally means, if you go look up a definition of happiness, if they study the, 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 the construction of the word, it literally means happenstance. Let that sink in. In fact, happiness is a root, the, the root word of happiness is hap, H-A-P, and it means an event or a happening. Y'all stay with me now, I'm going somewhere. See, what this presupposes is that happiness is based on the occurrence of an event. So when my car runs the way it's supposed to, I can be happy. And when my spouse obeys, Oh, that was about kids. Sorry, I got that mixed up. When I can be happy. And when I make the grade I wanted to make, I can be happy. And when I do, it's all about condition. It's about condition. It's about this event. And what we think is that these events, that when, when, when I have, uh, if the event would go right, if the, if the 
the planets would line up just perfectly, then I can be happy. But what we forget is that happiness is based on an occasion of an event which has no guarantee of producing a positive emotion. So what happens is things happen. Life happens. And then we lose our happiness because happiness fluctuates and it comes and it goes and it's here one day and gone the next. But that's not joy. In fact, let me, let me, let me see if I can help you. Paul, let's, let's talk about Paul because Paul illustrates for us the perfect illustration of happiness or joy. Let's think about Paul. You know the, the story of Paul, most of you. Paul, uh, I, how did Paul in prison... Y'all didn't get that. How did Paul in prison chained up between two guards? How did Paul in prison, y'all, prison, like bars and like chains? You think your roommate's bad. He had prison, he had guards on You think your dorm room is terrible. You think your existence is rough. In prison, y'all, in prison, chained between two guards, freedom gone. He didn't, he, he, you think your curfew's tight. In prison, you think your boss is mean. His freedoms are gone. He's chained, he's being whipped, and he's being abused. And in that situation, Paul wrote Philippians. Y'all know Philippians, right? Philippians, the happiest book in the Bible. Philippians, uh, that Philippians, that Philippians, that on 18 distinct times while he's sitting chained up between two guards, no freedom, no luxuries, rat-infested, roach-infested, rations to eat in that type of situation he writes 18 distinct times these words rejoice or take joy you know Philippians but for the, the Philippians that 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 he says do everything without complaining and grumbling that Philippians I don't like what they're serving at lunch today I'm not happy about it I don't like the fact that my boss is a jerk I don't that Philippians that without complaining Oh, that, that Philippians where he says, even if I'm executed, I will still rejoice. Philippians, y'all. The, the, the Philippians where he says, I've learned to be content in any situation. That Philippians. How do you come to that place? Because I want you to understand that in Paul's situation, the condition was wrong. In fact, the condition was terrible. The condition dictated misery. The condition called for complaint. The, the condition demanded whining. The, commission, the, the condition called for doom and despair. And yet in that condition, Paul's location was steadfast. And so he says, rejoice. See, the reason so many of you are up and down and in and out and one day you're on the top of the mountain and the next day you're submerged in the swamp of discouragement is because you've based your outlook on condition rather than location. In fact, there are many days that I've, I've, I've decided that most of us have settled for a cheap government promised right to pursue happiness. And then when we get it, it doesn't last very long. It, it lasts until you drive the new car off the lot and right when you cross off of their property and you realize that the value of that car just decreased by over 70%, your happiness is gone. You know, 
it, it lasts until that relationship comes to a heartbreaking end. Your happiness lasts and lingers until you taste defeat when you thought you were going to taste a victory. Your happiness lasts until you hit a slump right at the worst time. Your happiness lasts until your dream job turns into a nightmare and your best friend turns into your worst enemy. Happiness is fleeting and it's temporary because happiness is based entirely on condition. And hear me this morning. If it's based on condition, then the condition has to be continually conditioned for you to have happiness. But joy has nothing to do with condition. It has everything to do with location. See, so many of us, we push our joy into the future by waiting for an event that we suppose will make us happy. And then when we finally arrive at that event, we recognize it didn't make us happy. It made us miserable. So now we're mad at God and everybody because we were pursuing condition rather than location. And so what happens is, is when, I, when I can find the right boyfriend, when I can find the right girlfriend, when I can find the right friend, then one day I'll be happy. When I can get the right house, when I can get the right job, when I can get the right car, when I can... And then all of a sudden we get it and happiness disappears because it's based on condition. So let's talk about location. If joy is determined by location, and I believe it is, then the psalmist was right when he said, and, and we know this, and we mentally agree. We read it and we quote it. Psalm chapter 16, verse 11. In your presence there is fullness of joy. Right? We all know that. Oh, yeah, amen. Woo, preach, preacher. Yeah. And we know that. But then we continue to chase joy and pleasure in every other location but the one location in which it can be found. We're smart. I'm convinced the singer needs to change the song. The singer sung this, I, I've been looking for love in all the wrong places. I think you ought to change the words to, I've been looking for joy in all the wrong places. See, we know in the depths of our heart that David was correct, but I'm not sure what causes it. I'm not sure if it's laziness or whether it's deception. But we continue to chase what can only be found in his presence in all these other locations, and we want to find strength of joy in our friends and strength of joy in our possessions and strength and joy in popularity and we want to find it in all those other locations but it's very clear because of what the Bible says that the one place, the only place that you can find fullness of joy, the location, location, location is in His presence. So if you want to experience a joy right, you have to secure location. We must pursue his presence if we want joy. And the issue becomes that we pursue so many other things so hard that we never get to the right location because our aim is off. Paul, Paul writes, I think, one of the most interesting statements about joy. It's found in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. We like to quote verse 17, but we never step back and read verse 16. It's interesting to me that in verse 17, this is the one we like to quote, pray without ceasing. Ever heard that one quoted before? We use it to beat people over the head about the prayer life. Pray without ceasing. 
But we never connect it back to verse 16. And in verse 16, he makes a profound statement. He says this, rejoice evermore. Wait a minute, Paul. How do I rejoice forevermore? Verse 17, pray without ceasing. Well, we didn't get that. Rejoice. Paul, how do I live this life with all its ups and downs and with the goofy people that I have to hang out with and with the stupid car and the job and the bills crushing my life and the sickness I didn't expect and the breakup I didn't long for? How am I supposed to rejoice evermore? Pray without ceasing. Paul seemed to understand and, and, and realize that the two have to go hand in hand, that our joy is directly connected to our connectedness to his presence. That was too good to, to go fast. Uh, I got, the, the two go hand in hand. Our joy is directly connected to our connectedness in, to his presence. You cannot have fullness of joy unless you're in the right location. And Paul got that. And until we learn to abide in his presence, we will have lack of joy. Our pursuit, get this now, our pursuit of his presence will determine our level of joy. Now, let me just get real basic with you then. If that's true, that's why I get so nervous when some of you miss week after week. Now, 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 don't, don't misunderstand. I'm, I'm going to fix it here in a second, so stay with me. Get off Twitter and, and stay with me. Pastor's mad because we're missing church. No, I said I'm concerned if you miss week after week. Because, But I want you to understand, I'm not saying this is the only place you can find his presence. That's, that, that's not the issue. I, I'm just telling you that, that, that my concern is, is that if you continue to miss corporate worship, then, then it can be an early indicator. That other things have become your priority. And life has begun to crush the pursuit of his presence out of you. Y'all are here. Y'all can say amen. Y'all yeah, all right? So I'm talking about everybody out there that ain't here right now. So, so let me say it like this. Since this isn't the only place, and I, and I don't want you to misunderstand, I... I, I, I I just think it's an indicator, but let me fix it by saying this to you, and I want you to get this into your spirit. We must pursue his presence relentlessly, even when you're not able to pursue his presence corporately. There are days you can't get here, and I get it. But my concern is not that you only pursue his presence here. My question is, are you pursuing his presence on Monday? and about Thursday at 5. See, because there, there's some other indicators. Your checkbook will indicate and reveal what you're pursuing. All you got to do is open it up, and it tells you what you're after. Ooh, it's getting quiet in here. I guess I better move on because, see, where we spend our money shows what we're pursuing, and it, we wonder why we don't have fullness of joy when our location is wrong. Your calendar. I know y'all don't carry a calendar anymore. You got it on your phone like I do. Our life is wrapped up in our phone. And, but I would just challenge you this afternoon. Why don't you open up your cell phone, go to your calendar app, and let, let, let your calendar show you who you're pursuing and what you're pursuing. Because if all day long, every day, I've got this appointment. I've got to wash the dog. I've got to wash my hair. I've got to wash my car. I've got to wash my kids. I, I, I've got to mow the yard. I've got to mow my hair. I've got to mow the dog. And, uh, it's all getting... 
your 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 calendar will reveal. Somebody call animal control. See, I've taught you this lesson. I'm going to teach you again, and I hope you catch it. The proof of desire is pursuit. Let me help the young ladies here. You can tell whether a guy really desires you or not by whether they pursue you. That was good. Y'all didn't even bat an eye. Some of y'all already been caught, so you don't care anymore. The proof of desire is pursuit. And when we open our calendars up and we pursue God one hour a week, and yet we know that the psalmist declares that in your presence is fullness of joy, then it's not enough for me to pursue Bubba or Betty or Lord help us Boo Boo. That's not enough. If in his presence there is fullness of joy, then that dictates to me that I have to pursue his presence on a regular basis. So my question to you this morning is very simply this. When was the last time you were in his presence? I didn't ask you when you were in the last time you were in presence of a great worship team. I didn't ask you when it was the last time you sat under great preaching. I said, when was the last time you were in his presence? When was the last time? I know you came to church, but did you get into his presence? I, I know you listened to praise and worship on the way to church, but did you get into his presence? I, I know you have devotions every morning, but are you in his presence? Because only in his presence is there fullness of joy. Too many of us go day after day after day after day after day after week after week after week after month after month after month after year after year after year after decade after decade until we die. And we never experience fullness of joy because we pursue so many other things that we never end up in his presence. And our reason it's so important to figure out where your location is is that if we ever understand the importance of that location then we will not confuse our condition with our location. Because I want you to know there are going to be days that you're going to feel like the first, and there are going to be days that you're going to feel like the last. And there are going to be days that you feel like the head, and there are going to be other days that you feel like the tail. And there are going to be days that you feel like the pigeon, and there are other days that you're going to feel like the statue. Some of y'all get that about 4 o'clock. But if my joyride is based on which side of that coin I'm on, then I'm going to be up and down and in and out, and I'll kill you on one day and smile at you the next. Y'all don't know anybody like that. But if my joy is based upon the pursuit of his presence, then my location becomes secure and my life levels out. In fact, we become like the writer of Habakkuk. There's a powerful passage. I'll read this in closing this morning. It's Habakkuk chapter 3, verses 17 through 19. I want you to see if you can see the difference. Listen to the first few verses and see if this doesn't sound like condition. Though the cherry tree doesn't blossom and the strawberries don't ripen, though the apples are worm-eaten and the, wheel, the wheat fields are stunted, though the sheep pens are sheepless and the cattle barns are empty. Think about what he just said. My fields have failed, 
my sheep are all gone, and I got no cows. That means his cabinets are empty. He's got nothing but zeros in his checkbook. This is the perfect example of broke, busted, and disgusted. This is it. That's a horrible condition to live in. He's got no provision. He can't feed his family. He can't make it through life. And then he says, yet. Uh, it's not in the version I have up on screen, but you ought to go read in another version. He says, all this stuff, the trees aren't bearing fruit, the, the fields are dying, I don't, I don't have any sheep, I don't have any cows. Yet. Location. He understands location. Yet, I'm singing joyful praise to God. I'm turning cartwheels of joy to my Savior God. I'm counting on God's rule to prevail. I take heart and gain strength. I run like a deer. I feel like the king of the mountain. I know I know some of y'all so old y'all can't remember king of the mountain. But all of a sudden, he strolls up and says, everything's going bad. But I'm still standing here. And God's got my back. And although my condition may not match up to my location, location eats condition for breakfast every day because if I know my location then my marriage can fall apart my kids can be idiots my my, my boss can be the, Satan himself, my car can break down from here to out of the parking lot at twice and I want to kick my stinking dog but listen, my location is secure, my God will come through, he will strengthen me, he will guide me he will never forsake me because at his right And oh, by the way, just by the way, and then I'll be done. The psalmist didn't stop by saying in his presence there is fullness of joy. He just throws in for free. Free. At his right hand. Oh, Y'all don't understand what that means, at his right hand. That's the hand of fellowship. It always indicates the hand of fellowship. Why do you think the disciples wanted to be at his right hand when he comes into his kingdom? It is the right hand. His right hand is strong. The Bible talks about his right hand. And the, the psalmist has this revelation. When I get into your presence, I'm full of joy, fullness of joy. And oh, then just for free, at his right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. You're chasing pleasure in dates, and you're chasing pleasures in cars, and you're chasing and pleasures at the restaurant but he says when I get into his presence there's fullness of joy and then surprise here's pleasures 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 so my concern for you this morning is very simple what's your location 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 notice I didn't ask about your condition because I know some of your conditions I know some of you can find yourself in the message that I just preached to you because everything is falling apart. I understand your condition is not conducive to praise. I understand that your condition is miserable. I understand you don't like your roommate and want to kill them. I understand that you don't that, that, that the bills are piling up. I understand the condition is bad. I didn't ask about your condition because if it was based on condition, none of us would be ready to praise. What I asked you about was your location. Because if your location is right, you can make it through a tough semester. You can make it through a tough marriage. You can make it through a tough job. You can make it through a tough season. You can be sick and still sing. You can be broke and still sing. You can be hurt and still sing. You can... It's about location, y'all. So my question is this. What's your location? Come on, y'all. We're going to help you find the location. Perfect example. There's a woman in the New Testament. The Bible says she has an issue of blood. 
It could have just stopped after she had an issue. She comes to this realization that my condition is that I have this issue of blood and I'm miserable, but my location can change. And she says, if I can push past all the crowd and I can get into Jesus' presence and I can grab just the hem of his garment, then my location will dictate to my condition rather than my condition dictating to my location. And she pushes through and she grabs a hold of Jesus and everything changes. I'm not telling you that when you walk out of here, everything's going to be perfect. And I'm not telling you that when you walk out of here, that everything's going to be all right in the natural. But what I am telling you is that if you would just take a few moments and get in touch with Jesus, then you can have, in fact, you're guaranteed fullness. Father, this morning, my prayer is that you would help us to secure location. God, I could pray a lot of things. I could pray about condition. I could pray about those that are sick. I could pray about those that are broke. I could, I could pray about those that are broken. They're all real. Those conditions are real. But Father, what we recognize this morning is that if our location is secure, then we can come into this place of understanding that James apparently had when he said that when we're being tested and tried, we could count it as pure joy. Help us to taste contentment that's found and only found in your presence. God, I'm praying on my folks today that whether you ever decide to change their condition, I pray that this morning you would help us to do a location check and we would determine to passionately pursue you. We would prove our desire for you by pursuing you. And God, for many of us, it's been a long, long, long time since our location was correct. And I'm praying you would correct that this morning. Would you stand with me? We're going to end this in two ways this morning. First of all, with every head bowed, every eye closed, we, don't, we try not to have a service where we don't do this because we want you to get your location correct. If you're here this morning, you'd say, Steve, I do not know Jesus. And I recognize this morning that I'm never going to find fullness of joy unless I know the Lord of joy. And I need to make Jesus the Savior, the Lord, the King of my life. And I want to get that right this morning. If that's you, would you quickly just raise your hand and pull it right back down? We will not embarrass you. Yeah, there's one. Anybody else that would say, I need to? Yeah, two. Anybody else? Say, I need to make it right this morning. I, I need him in my life. Yeah, would you just, there's no magic in this prayer. It's about the faith level. Let's pray together. Uh, you repeating after me, just to, all together, because we're in this together. Dear Jesus, I give you my life become my Lord become my Savior I believe you came to earth you died on a cross you rose again for me and I ask you to take my life fill my life with joy I'll serve you in Jesus name the Bible clearly states that when we confess with our mouth and believe in our heart at that moment Everything changes. Conditions may not change, but your location trumps condition. Come on, let's give the Lord a hand. Now, 
the question still remains what's your location we've got time I went fast this morning on purpose whether you need to kneel at your chair or find a place at this altar I want you to do a location check for some of you you have not pursued his location in forever you come to service after service after service you sit through powerful songs powerful word and you go home and you never once entered his presence and I think that before we get out of here and shift gears do all the stuff that we need to do I think I probably need to give you an opportunity like I needed this morning to spend just a few moments securing my location and getting into his presence so that he can change me so I give you permission as they sing this morning to find a place just for a few moments and spend some time in his presence and see if you can't find fullness of joy
It's been a privilege to have you join us for this time of ministry. To find more Passion Church resources or to make a donation online, visit www.passionchurch.tv. Remember, you can't live without passion.